0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. Well, I don't have to remind you, church, that it's the Christmas season. I don't know about you, but it sort of snuck up on me, like like all of a sudden, we were celebrating Thanksgiving, and now all of a sudden, I feel like we're full-blown into, into Christmas, and it sort of snuck up on me. And the way I knew that is that we had the grandkids on Friday night, and we decided to take them out to go look at the lights, different lights all over. And I could not believe how many people had put up lights. I mean, I'm still in my mind thinking it could be November, and now all these people have lights, and I'm thinking, you're crazy. What are you putting up lights in November for? And the Lord reminded me, we're halfway through December. This is the Christmas season. And so that's when the anxiety and that's when was like, uh, because let's be honest. If you haven't found the perfect gift for your wife or whatever it might be, like, like I don't know about you guys, but come November, come about October, like, let's jump on it early. Let's, let's just get it done. Let's, let's, let's just, I want to, December, I just want to cruise, right? I want to see all the crazy people at the mall. I want to see them and be like, ah, you shouldn't have waited till the last minute, but that's never us. We're always waiting, putting things off. And so I'm starting to, I'm starting to get a little bit nervous because Christmas is only 15 days away. 15 days away. But I know that the Christmas is in full swing. I get that the season. And if you don't believe me, you can drive down on 58th Street. I don't know if you know that, right off Indiana. And there you have a house. Now, you've got to remember, here's the thing that I, that, that I, that I saw. We drove by fifty eighth the other night. The lights are going. If you tune into the right frequency, it's da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and it's really a neat thing. But it used to be that that was kind of almost the only one or two houses in all of Lubbock that did something like that. And now there wasn't even a line for people to see it anymore which tells me that everybody's jumping on that game. Let's see. I want to get my house looking good. I want to have this. I want to have that. I want to do that. But if you still don't believe me, you guys know this. If you've got a smartphone, your email box is full every single morning, full of ads wanting you to buy. I can't tell you how many ads I get from the same people. Hey, don't forget this. Don't forget that. And, And uh, it's more than usual. I understand they have marketing and they get your email and they keep sending you all this stuff throughout the year. But this time, it's nuts. It's nuts. And I started to think about that. Because I bet, and I haven't been there, I bet the mall's crazy. I know that yesterday as we drove by 50th and we looked at Ross, that was crazy. And I'm going, why is there so many people? And it keeps hitting me. It's the Christmas season. People are shopping. They're getting out. They're getting their money and so forth. And I started thinking, when am I going to shop? What am I going to get? What do you, I mean, what do you get the woman who has everything? I mean, she already has me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like. Donnie, you didn't have to laugh that hard, okay? (laughs) But I I mean, you know, it's kind of like, what do you get? We we sort of repeat the same things. So it's a little frustrating. I get that. But it comes every year at the same time. It comes every year at the same time. And maybe you're like me, maybe just a little frustrated. You know, you, you sort of step back as a believer and you think, you know, hmm, it's gotten really commercial. It's gotten too commercial. It's gotten too crazy. And, and, and you're frustrated, and I get you. I get that. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I'm trying really, really hard to make it the most spiritual and trying to be in tune with Christ this Christmas season that I can. But I feel like I'm a salmon swimming upstream. Does anybody know what you're talking about? Going is like, oh, I feel like everything's coming down. You go, why? Well, first and foremost, you'll get the critics that tells you, well, you know what? Jesus wasn't born on the 25th of December. And you go, you know what? If I were to guess, I have a 1 in 365 chance that he was or wasn't. We don't know. Okay? We really don't know. Well, then why do you celebrate it? You know, and, 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 and you get those kind of people. But I don't think December 25th is really the point. You go, well, Ben, what's the point? Well, we celebrate, we celebrate on December 25th. But we're not celebrating a day, but a person, the person of Jesus Christ. But if we were to check our attitude today, I wonder if our attitude would be, we celebrate Christmas, if you will, in the spiritual sense, every single day of the year. We remember that he came and, and here's why for most people in the world a, a, a baby is not threatening is he? Oh it's Christmas look at the cradle look at the ba- baby Jesus baby Jesus isn't threatening here here's where he, here, here's where the rub is when he grows up and he dies on the cross, and then you're confronted with that reality and what are you going to do with him? You're either going to accept him, submit to him, and obey him, or you're going to reject him. That's where the rub is. And so this time of year, think about it. It's like, okay, well, we don't and, – and you've got those that are – but but here's my question to you. Here's my question. You ready? Do you and I have the right attitude or the right heart for this season? Do you and I have the right attitude or – you Ready? Are the Christmas weeds choking it out? The Christmas weeds choking it out. Do you have the right? Add it, let me ask it another way. Let me ask it another way. Will this be for you and me a fruitful Christmas? No pun intended. You go, why would that be a pun? Because when I said fruitful, some of you automatically went to the fruitcake. You guys remember the fruitcake? The fruitcake for Christmas, right? I'll never forget the fruitcake because we used to get one every year and it'd be in a tin pan. Anybody remember fruitcake? Come on, be honest. Yeah, look at you. See, according to Johnny Carson, there was only one fruitcake. Okay? And it's the only fruitcake in the entire world, and people kept sending it to each other. That's what Johnny said. But kids love cake, but this fruitcake, it would get hard all the way till July. I mean, what's in that pan? It's fruitcake. Oh, well, that doesn't look good. I only know of one person who likes fruit cake. Anybody like fruitcake? Anybody? Come on. Oh, wow. Wow, you're the norm. Wow. I don't even know what to say after that because it's like I only knew of one person who's like, what's wrong with fruitcake? Okay, forget fruitcake. Let's go back. Let's go back. <laughs> now, those of you who like fruitcake, please keep your hand up so I can make a mental note. Because I think I can find some at a discount, and that'll be your Christmas present, okay? There you go. Just soak them in water for a little bit. You'll be fine. You'll be good. You'll be good. It'll be like this. This is what Pastor Ben gave us. Okay. I went way off. Back to our story. Hey, will this be for you, honestly? A fruitful, spirit-filled Christmas. Because honestly, let's think about this. The outcome is in doubt and perhaps more difficult than any other time of year. You go, Ben, unpack it for me. In the parable that we're going to look at today called the sower, Jesus pictures God's word like a seed that's sown into the hearts for the purpose of bearing a crop or bearing fruit. Okay, you guys tracking me with me? That's really what he's going to talk about. Now, I want you to think about this, okay? Our hearts are pictured like a garden soil that's receiving this seed. And the Bible is the seed. God's work in our lives is the crop. So are you this season, 15 days, and then on to that, are you going to have a fruitful season? Are you going to bear fruit? are you going to bear fruit that's what we need to look at today now consider the christmas irony in this christmas season think about this the name of jesus is spoken more than any other name this year people are constantly hearing seeing and speaking the birth of and the coming of jesus it was a while back, and uh, she's grown up now, but me and my granddaughter, we had went to see How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the newer one, and 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 we were watching this in the theater, and it was just a great bonding time for, for grandpa and his daughter, but what happened is I didn't realize that they were actually singing the gospel in the movie, and I was real excited because it was telling us about the birth of Christ, and I was like, wow, they really left that in there? Because you know that they don't want to talk anything about the birth of Christ, and I was really excited. Although, and then I had to explain to my daughter that the Grinch, who had grown up with all kinds of bad circumstances, didn't like Christmas, but then he gets saved because his heart grows, and at the end he just he just loves Christmas. And I was like, "Well, the Grinch got saved. The Grinch got saved." And so, and so, this time of year, guys, it is it is all over the place. Now, what they're trying to do is stop us by saying what? Oh, no, no, no. You can't say Christmas. You got to say happy holidays. We don't want, we don't want. Oh, okay, okay. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. If my Jesus, like, like think about this. If, if you don't believe in him, and he's, he was just a man to you, then why are you so offended that we say Christmas? Why do you want me to take Christ out of Christmas? Why? I don't understand. I mean, if I were to say, you know, I believe in unicorns, and I went to Adam and said, Adam, I really believe in unicorns, he's going to think I'm cuckoo. I was like, okay, well, that's whatever you want to do. Why? Because hopefully Adam knows that there's not really a unicorn. He's sort of looking at me like, I don't know. (laughs) You see one, bro? Maybe. Sally, I don't know. Do you believe in Oompa Loompas? Because I do. And we're going to, you know, I mean, we just, you understand that. But when it comes to Jesus, they're like, oh, no, 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 don't say Christmas. Say happy holidays. And you know what my wife says? She's made it her mission to tell everyone, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. You guys have that right too. They might say happy holidays, say Merry Christmas. No, 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 happy Holiday, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. You go, well, Ben... Help me out what's the irony well, in the midst of this blitz of truth in our world it's really well it's very a very spiritually poor season it is you, you see it's true that there's a mixture okay why well, first and foremost, the message of Jesus is in the season is it's diluted with other things, okay, and also too it's been Um, just so commercial. I want you to think about this. I don't know if you started seeing it. Maybe you don't watch normal TV or whatever, but I don't know how many of you in this room would buy a brand new truck as a Christmas present for your spouse. You know how much trucks are, right? Baby, I bought you a present, right? One of them, the 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 lady gets the dog, and she's happy, and then he turns around and he gets a truck. I mean, I think that's a great deal. That's like... I have a whole litter of dogs over there, baby. Come here. Let's like, I mean, isn't that silly? It, it, wanting to make you think that you have to go out and buy a forty, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollar vehicle with a bow on it because that's Christmas. That's Christmas. You go, Ben. We're not. We're not. Come on. I know what they're trying to do. It's not a Christmas thing, and but it's commercial, isn't it? But I wonder if there's not another issue we need to consider. All that aside, the ads, you know, the emails, the critics, all that aside, I wonder if there's not another issue for you and I today. You go, what do you mean? Well, in the parable of the sower, Jesus explains to us why seed, that is good seed, can become unfruitful, even good seed. And one of the issues that affects the seeds, you ready, is weeds. Joe, you know what I'm talking about? Weeds. Because weeds in a garden can choke out the nourishment of the soil. They can steal and rob the nutrition meant for the seed, and the seed there becomes unproductive. And this, my friends, is a picture for you and I. The abundant word of God is being spoken and spread this season, but I have a feeling, you ready? It's being choked out by weeds. It's being choked out by weeds. So what did I do? I've entitled this message, Dealing with Christmas Weeds. Why? For today we discover that in fact there are weeds that can choke out the real meaning of the season. And so what we want to look at this morning are those weeds and then how to deal with them. You ready? What are the weeds that choke out the word? Mark chapter 4, verse 7, Jesus is speaking and he says this. And some of the seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it. Notice, and it yielded no crop. So, your attention please. Jesus is speaking, and some seed fell among thorns. He's telling a story. The thorns grew up, so so there was some, but it choked it. And when he says he yielded no crop, he means there was no fruit. There's no fruit. It It didn't produce anything. Okay? And then Jesus goes on to interpret. Look at verse 18. He says, now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. Somebody say amen. Amen. And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in, choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Did you just hear what my Jesus said? He said, there are weeds that want to choke out the word. There are weeds. You go, what are they? Number one, the weeds are the cares of this world that's number one the cares of this world jot that down number two the deceitfulness of riches and then number three listen church the desire for other things now in context jesus is not teaching specifically about christmas but for you and i we can apply what we're learning how so When it comes to this time of year that you and I should be celebrating, not a day, but an event that changed our lives, we see some real weeds that want to choke out that fruit. That fruit. So let's break them down. You ready? Weed number one. What does Jesus say? He says, the cares of this world. Look at your Bibles, guys. Look at that because it's very important. The cares of this world. The word cares in the Greek, you can circle it because it's something very interesting. You go, what's that? It actually means the idea of distractions. Distractions. That's the goal. Distractions. You go, what kind of, well, think about this. If we, number one, is the distractions of this world, that's exactly what he's going to do. Well, what so distracts you in the world? Number one, worries, worries. Uh, number two, anxiety, and even, listen, an extreme busyness that distracts us from worshiping the true meaning of Christmas, which is Jesus Christ's own son came from heaven to be born in a manger with a mission to die and to save men's souls. Listen to this. Here's the gospel message. If you get nothing else, listen, the triune God, the father, son and spirit in perfect harmony, in an overflow of love, burst forth in creation and creates everything so that we get to partake in it. Christmas season, ready, should stir up in us gratitude and worship to his name so that nothing terminates on itself. You go, what are you you saying? Listen, this whole season is not about jingle bells or Santa kissing grandma or anything else. You You know what I'm saying? Or about reindeer, all that is just, it's Christmas, listen, oh, Christmas season, guys, should stir up an attitude of just thankfulness and an attitude of worship to his name so that nothing terminates on himself. Listen, the purpose behind everything, including 2020, or december 25th is to create worship in our hearts so here's my question you ready what worries or anxiety are you struggling with what worries and anxieties are you struggling with? in other words think about this here's an example A lot of people struggle, and maybe you don't, but a lot of people struggle is that you have not found the perfect present. You hadn't found it. I'm just looking for that one thing. Last week, we discovered that a lot of you in this room like to be surprised because you want the other person to think about you and think, okay, I know you so well, this is what what you would like. And then the other 50% of you goes, i just like to tell somebody what I want so I know I can use that. One year, I'll never forget, they asked me, what do you want for Christmas? And I said, here's what I want. I want a gym bag, and I want one where you could put the racket in there and you can do this, and it's gym bag and gym bag, and so I was telling them, this is a gym bag. Come Christmas morning, I look, at look for my gym bag, never got my gym bag. But I think I got a tie. And, and 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 so and so. Do you realize that people struggle with not finding the perfect? Let, let me let me let me let you in on this. I did a survey. A survey done this year revealed sixty percent of people stress out because they haven't found that perfect gift. Sixty percent. That means sixty out of a hundred goes. I'm really stressed because I don't know. I don't know what Jeremiah wants. Ah, oh, he's so hard to buy for. They stress out. Or whatever it might be. It's also concluded that some other things people worried about in the U.S. are concerned about overspending, 38%. Their top holiday worry, the season worry, is eating too much, 14%. Anybody worry about that? <laughs> Man, man, this is the hardest time to go on a diet because everybody's baking cookies and you got all kinds of stuff and, and I'm going to make you all hungry talking about cookies and banana bread and all kinds of good stuff. Yeah, and we worry and people stress. It's like, man, I, 14%. Did you know 8%? Think about this. 8% are stressed because, because they have to see family. They have to see family. They have to go home, and, you know, there's always drama in the family. And you always have that one uncle or that one cousin that's going to come in. He's going to ruin everything, you know. He's going to be drunk before the whole thing. You're just like, oh, please don't let Uncle Sozo come in. I don't know if that's it. I'm just – but think about this. Think about this. Is there not always drama in our families? Always something. And if you get through the holidays and you're like, man, that was great. We didn't have to. But that's what people worry about guys and then and then another eight percent worry about about meeting work commitments and all the other stuff that goes on so here's the point the point is worries anxiety all this stress all the distraction this is what can choke out what's really meant to be happening in our hearts these days and maybe you're here today and you're going, no, it's none of that. I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about finding that perfect gift. I'm not worried about this, but it might be something else. It might be the loss of a loved one. And this is the first year that you don't have somebody home. It might be, it might be the loss of a of a mom or a dad. And it just might and and, and, and Christmas just might look different for you. And I want you to know the Lord knows that. But he's still wanting to stir up that gratitude and that attitude that we need to have to worship him. And so here's what he's telling you. You ready? Don't let worries, don't let distractions choke out the true meaning of Christmas. Don't let that. Let me illustrate it this way. It's a great story. Luke chapter 10. You can turn there if you want to. It's just a book over. Luke chapter 10. You guys know the story. It's the story here, picking it up in verse thirty, it says, Now it happened that they went and they entered a certain village, and there was a certain woman named Martha, welcomed them into her house. Notice, and she had a sister called Mary, who sat at at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Anybody remember that? It was Matthew. I mean, it was it was Martha and Mary and, and their son Lazarus, okay? Notice it goes on. But Martha was, what's that word? Distracted. There it is. Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached Jesus and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left her alone? Notice what he says. Therefore, Lord, tell her to help me. Okay? So you understand the picture. You understand the picture. In the text, in the text, Mary and Martha are having Jesus. Can you imagine? What would your house look like, Raina, if Jesus was coming to your house with the gang? He's not just him. He's like all of us. Uh, hello, Raina and Ben, how you doing? Yeah, listen, Jesus won't come over and we'll make sure he's all right. I mean, she'd leave church early to get home and get, make sure things are done. Oh, I don't want Jesus to see the window seal like that. It's, I've, been, I've been meaning to do that, Lord. Well, what are you going to cook him? Beverly, what are you going to cook? This is God in the flesh. What are you, gonna, uh, Joe? You order rosas? No, we're not having rosas. This is Jesus. What do we do? And so what happens is, is, Mary comes in and she's just like, "What's up, Lord?" And she's sitting at the feet and she's just watching him. She's just, she's just listening. And and Martha's in the kitchen, <gasps> right? You hear pots and pans and there's, you look and there's this cloud of dust of the flour, right? She's trying to make something and she comes out and she's all like this and she's like, "Lord." My sister, tell her to help me. That's what he's saying. Tell her to help me. I mean, I'm doing it all by myself. Can any women relate to that? Yeah, all of you are like, I've done it all myself. That's what she's saying. That's what she's saying. She's she's totally tripping, and the Lord looks at her and says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part which will not be taken away from her. Now, your attention, please. We have to serve. It's not that. Mary was was being fed while Martha was serving. And so you've got to have a balance in your life or else you'll be serving and you'll be like Martha. You'll serve out. You'll serve out of duty and not Devotion. Oh, come on, that's good. Here's the whole point, man. Here's the whole point. You'll serve out of duty and not devotion. Now, listen, if you are reading through the Bible with us, like you should be, because we're going to start again in January, so you go to the bookstore, pick up a a one-year Bible, it's great. But we were in Revelation chapter 2 today, and he was talking about the church in Ephesus. And guess what was with with Ephesus? Man, I... What, what do I tell my? What do I tell the kids? Let the text read you, right? Put yourself in the text. And so here I was. And so I'm going, Lord, I feel like I'm the church of Ephesus. Why? Because sometimes we can be doing good things. The church was doing good things. Okay? And, and, and Lord, I'm pastoring and I'm serving and I'm loving you and I'm, I'm listening to you, and I'm counseling you, and doing all these things, Lord. And, and the Lord says, hey, but, hey, you forgot your first love. And it hit me, and it jumped out just like this. And I thought, you know what? The church of Ephesus was doing things out of duty and not devotion. And he says, go back. Go back to the place where you've fallen. Go back to the place where you used to do that. And I was just, Lord, wow. Wow. How about us, church? how about us? Let's take a moment to look inside our hearts and go, Lord, am I serving you out of devotion because I love you or am I serving you because that's what we need to do? That's what, and I will say, yeah, but Lord, this is, this is in the job description. See, pastor has to love their sheep. He goes, yeah, but out of devotion. Well, how do I get that? He says, because you love me first. First, Go back to that place. See, that's where Martha is. That's where Martha is, guys. She's distracted. And I wonder in this Christmas season, are we distracted from the true meaning of Christmas, of Christ in the manger and worship? See, there are a lot of good Christmas songs, right? Jingle bell, jingle bell. And we listen to all of those, but those aren't. that doesn't stir up worship in me. But when I think of the songs that we grew up in, Away in the Manger, right? Or Silent Night or all of those ones. Man, that stirs up worship. Why? Because the cross made, or the cradle made the cross possible. That's where, that's where that stirs up the worship in me. And see, Martha's problem, guys, in our text is she became so distracted. And here's what the word means. It means twist. To be drawn here and there to be distracted. And the idea is that Martha was drawn around and twisted with anxiety and worry. That's how it was. It wasn't just. Every time I go this way, don't go this way. Stay right here. Okay. here's the point the Christmas season you ready church don't let worries or distraction draw you away from what's really important the birth of Jesus does it matter if it's on the 25th no we celebrate we celebrate the event we're like yes yes that's what it is put on that Christmas music that draws worship yes yes What's the second weed? The second weed, Jesus says, is deceitfulness of riches, right? Deceitfulness of riches. And that's, that could choke out the word of God because money is deceitful. Why? Well, listen, it promises us satisfaction, but, does, but it doesn't satisfy. It promises satisfaction. Do you recall that 2.6 billion people live on less than $2 a day? And if you ate anything today... By the world standards, you're considered rich, so we're all rich. We're rich. As a matter of fact, Solomon said this about being rich in Ecclesiastes 4:8. There is one thing alone without companion; he has neither son nor brother. Yet there is no end to all his labors, nor his eyes satisfied with riches. But he never asked, for whom do I toil and deprive myself of good? This is also vanity and a grave misfortune. You go, what did Solomon just say? He said, here's a man all alone, and his desire is to gain more wealth. And yet, Solomon says, he's never satisfied. That is a weed that can choke out the main thing about Jesus. Why? Because Jesus satisfied, but riches never do so let me ask you a question so how much how much is enough how much is enough and you say well just a little bit more just a little bit more you see this is how john d rockefeller famously answered the question just a little bit more how much money is enough but if you listen if you're already chasing more he says you'll never be able to enjoy what you have how much is enough You go, well, Ben, I'm not sure. Well, here's the mindset. Here's the mindset of those who desire to be rich. If I had enough money in the bank, then I could be like that TV commercial and buy my wife a brand new Lexus for Christmas. Really? Really? Here's the point. Solomon reminded us that relationships are where it's at. Relationships and 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 so don't spend money on these big elaborate oh if i just had more you know what i would do spend time with your family spend time with your family spend time with your friends laughing and enjoying life if you were with us on wednesday night or you watched it via podcast or or facebook we remember what solomon said solomon said that life is an adventure he says live it by faith but he also says He says, enjoy it. Enjoy it. How cool would it be if Calvary Chapel Lubbock, and I'm not saying that you're not, but how cool would it be is if we just had the best attitude from here on out, regardless of all the stuff that happens, regardless of all the crowded stores and regardless of all that, just just trying to have the best attitude. Why? Because for today, everybody say for today. We have, our, we, have our, we have our health, we have our, we have our family, we have friendships, and we have the word of God. We have the word of God. We have the word of God. Listen, this is a weed that can ruin your walk with God. This is a weed that can ruin your walk with God. Riches are deceitful. Especially this time of year how so going into debt for christmas We've got to be careful Paying off christmas six months later Now i'm not telling you not to buy gifts Can you imagine? Well, baby, you don't have anything because pastor ben said not to buy anything Come christmas morning, right? And the kids sitting there crying Why do we go to that church anyway? That pastor is weird. That's not what i'm saying Okay, I'm not telling you not to buy gifts. Here's what I am telling you. Focus on the relationship and the time spent together. Don't let this weed grow up and choke out your Christmas spirit. Focus on that. Focus. Do something, do something different this year. Grab, grab everyone and, and, and go Christmas caroling. Grab Grab every and say, "Hey, listen. Let's just have let's just have coffee. Let's just come on over. Let's just have coffee. Read the Christmas story. It doesn't have to be on December twenty fourth. I get that, but let it stir up what God's already doing in your life. Let me give you weed number three. Weed number three: a desire for other things. Other things. Everybody say other things are grabbing our attention. Are they not? The attention that should be focused on God. It's a wanting and desiring of other things. One commentator wrote this, all the passions and longings sensual worldly for the pleasures of this life, end quote. Listen, we too often substitute what we think Christmas should be about. You go, well, like what? Well, there's the tree, okay? Everybody have a tree? You go, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's presents, gotta have presents under the tree, there's garland, and there's wreaths, there's lights, but I want to know one thing. What happened to the tinsel? Does anybody remember the tinsel? Our, tea used, our, our tree used to have tinsel all over. We'd be vacuuming it up for days after Christmas, and I asked my wife the other day, can we put tinsel, and she laughed at me. Nobody does tinsel anymore. I don't know where it went, but it used to be used to be just this big silver thing going down in the it used to anyway that's not the point here it is uh back in the thing okay so so again um but really presents trees lights ornaments there's nothing really wrong with that in and of itself okay you go okay but when things like that take priority it's when we get out of sync Oh, I I've got to have a 7-foot Christmas tree. I've got to have an 8-foot. I've got to have a 10-foot. You know how much Christmas trees are these days. Never mind here we'll get back to the text. You know it's it's not about trees and presents and not like but but sometimes it's for the ideal. You know, the the Norman Rockefeller, oh man, if only we had if only we had snow on that day and all that. I I get that. But think about this. You know what Christmas was like for Mary? Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Oops, I'm not supposed to walk over that way. Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Hearing his word. Hearing his word. I want you to think about this. Okay, guys, let's get in the moment. Ready? What's Christmas going to be like in heaven? Wow. I don't think we're going to have a tree. I don't think we're going to be presents. I don't think there are going to be any garland or license. It's going to be, this is the Lord. This is super cool. We're in heaven. And we're just going to worship. And it's going to be just like, wow. Man. Hey, what's your ideal Christmas? It should start with Jesus first. Your ideal Christmas is Jesus. And then family and then everything else that goes along. I'm preaching to myself because I don't I don't want this season to get away with, with all the hustle and bustle and all the stress. See, because I so I so enjoy seeing my wife and my daughter and my grandkids. I, I so enjoy seeing them opening presents and being excited about what they got. I, I, I get that. That's that's Christmas for me. But sometimes when it's not no no, Lord, I wanna, I wanna worship you. Because the main thing is sitting at the feet of Jesus, hearing His word first. Like, go back with me to Luke ten, okay? And uh, remember where, where we have Mary and Martha. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something. Let's, let's read it and let's pretend that it's Christmas. Will you do me that? I know it's not Christmas, but let's read it like if it was Christmas, okay? So Luke 10:38, I'm going to pretend it's Christmas. Now it happened during Christmas time that they entered a certain village, and the village was lit with, with lights, and everyone's house was decorated. And there was a certain woman named Martha, and she welcomed him into her house. and she had a sister named Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Notice. But Martha was distracted with much serving. How so? Well, it was Christmas. It was Christmas Eve, and everyone was coming over to her house. So what did Martha do? She wanted to make sure that the tree was just perfect. Oh, she had to make sure that everyone had a present, including Jesus. But it's not enough that Jesus had a present. He's bringing all his guys Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Oh, that's a lot of presents. I want to make sure that, oh, the tree has to look good. And she was distracted making sure that there was pozole and tamales. She was distracted making sure that there was tortillas. She was distracted with making sure, oh, this has got to be, um, I don't know how many of you eat different stuff on, on uh, Christmas Eve, but we always have tamales and, and all this good stuff. And so we want to make sure that's all good. Got to make sure. But she's distracted, and Jesus comes in the house, and and he's sitting, and uh, she's missing it because she's in the kitchen. You're like, yeah, yeah, I get it. And because it's Christmas, Jesus is inside, and he's telling um, just wonderful stories, and she comes out and says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? And she says, Lord, tell her to help me. And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, it's Christmas, and you're worried about too many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part, and it won't be taken away from her. The good part. What's that? Spending time at the feet of Jesus. Okay, so we're going to close. We're going to close, okay? Can I just say this? Christmas is a weedy season. And maybe it's just me, but when I look at these three things, when I think of money and I think of worries and I think of desire for other things, I find myself comparing those three things with what the definition of what Christmas has become today. And if you also find it to be so, then you now see the challenge before us. There's a bunch of weeds that seek to choke out your heart this season and keep you in hearing from responding to God's word. So you go, well, Ben, what's the challenge? You ready? Joe, you want to help me on this? What do we do with weeds that choke out the fruit? Chop them down. Pull them out. We got to deal with them. We got to deal with them. Thank you, Joe. You're going to be on radio. You're going to be famous one day. Listen, you and I, we may not be able to escape the craziness of the season. And honestly, actually being busy is not necessarily bad. But what we need to do for just a moment, if you don't mind, is check our hearts for just a second. Let's just make sure it's not a heart issue. The issue is making sure that we're not focused on loving, wanting, desiring is not centered on stuff and glitz and glamour of the season that really leaves people empty. The need is that you make sure you have time and focus for the word and the Lord and Bible to make an impact on your life. The key is to keep the center of your life, your heart focused on God. You can enjoy life that that, that only comes from the Lord, But your heart, that needs to be focused on God. Okay, so here's my plea to you. Don't let this day, don't let this week, don't let this season be in vain. I challenge you to make sure that the word of the Lord is not being choked out by lesser things. Keep your eyes, keep your heart focused on Jesus. How so? You ready? Tell your family and friends that you love them. Give them the greatest gift, encouragement and love. And Hey, I love you, man. I love you. Yes. Spend time. Spend time. Be creative. Worship the Lord. Don't get caught up in the commercial. That's what Christmas is all about. Can I get a good amen? Father, we thank you today for your word and the truth in your word. We thank you for your great love for us, your mercy, and your grace. God, I pray that, Lord, we don't, we just don't allow the Christmas weeds to choke out what you have for us. I love the glitz, the glamour, the tree, the lights. I love the joy in the spirit. I love to see my family, God but I don't want anything else to choke out what you have for me. And so, Lord, I don't want to be distracted. I don't want want shopping or presents or anything else to get in between you and me. And so, Lord, I just pray, I pray that none of those weeds, Lord, would choke out what you have for me. Hey, with every eye closed and every head bowed, maybe you're here today and God was knocking on your heart. And through the course of the message, you realized that I'm not sure if I really have a relationship with God. I'm not sure that I'm really saved. You were talking about a desire to spend time with God and to and to and to have him at the forefront of your heart. Ben, I gotta be honest with you, I don't know if I have that. Oh, oh, Ben, I prayed a prayer sometime, but nothing's really changed, and, and now I'm here and I'm hearing some things for the first time. Hey, if you're here today and, and, and that's who you are, and you've never surrendered your life to God like like one hundred percent, like you're like a like an intimate, wonderful, godly relationship. Well, I got some good news for you. Today's your day. You go, oh, what do I have to do? Do I have to join your church? Guess what? No. All you have to do is say yes to Jesus. But Ben, I said that. I said a prayer. No, no, no. Today's the day where you go, I'm really making a commitment to him. I'm going to open up my heart. I'm going to invite him inside, and I'm going to ask him to, to, to be my God and to be my Lord and to walk with me every day. This is going to be a different, different season. This is going to be a different Christmas for me because I want Jesus in my heart. If that's you today, no one's looking around, nobody's watching you, I'm going to ask you to, to just lift up your hand. Well, Ben, why do I have to lift up my hand? Well, I want you to lift up your hand because I want God to see your heart. And once he sees your heart, then you just need to invite him inside. You need to say, Lord. But I want to pray for you. So, with every with every eye closed, every head bowed, if you're here today and you just want the Lord into your heart, would you just lift up your hand? Would you just say yes? I see you, brother. Over to my right. I see you. God bless you. God bless you. Just want to make sure. Just lift up your hand. You go, Pastor, pray for me. I already got you over here to my right. Anybody else? Anybody else? Between you and the Lord, this is between you and the Lord. Amen. God bless you. Anybody else? Just making sure. Just making sure. Amen. Father, I thank you for these hands that were raised. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would just move on them, that they would know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Lord, I'm not talking, Lord, I'm not talking about, about just doing life and, and messing up and, and sinning. I'm talking about I don't have a relationship with you, God. I don't know if I'm saved, but I want to be saved. That's what we're talking about. So come into my heart, Lord, save me. Guide me. Use me. I'm asking this in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, man, come and see me. Say, hey, man, I prayed that this is my day. I just really want to follow the Lord. Amen. 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 May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace and hope in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand. Let's worship the Lord. And uh, Talia will dismiss us.